So whenever I hear this passage from the Gospel of Mark, I always notice this quick movement. One minute, we can sort of imagine Jesus coming up out of the water, the heavens cracking open, that voice, the moment of knowing that he's beloved and that God is pleased with him. And the very next moment, he's driven out to the wilderness. Um, when I was received into the Episcopal Church, um, it happened to coincide with a weekend where my lease in the apartment I was living in ended. And I hadn't really planned ahead. I was, I was younger. <laughs> and um, I didn't have anywhere to live. Um, so I moved out of my apartment um, and to a, a friend's couch. And then I was, I was confirmed. And I remember thinking about this reading. Um, this idea of being sort of received and known by the church, um, but at the same time finding myself in a very uncomfortable life position. And I thought to myself, you know, baptized and received and then driven into the wilderness. And, and I kind of shared this with my uncle. You know, I, I said, I've been driven into the wilderness. I, I was feeling not so great about it. And he said, you're forgetting how that paragraph ends. The angels waited on him, baptized and driven, but not alone. And those are the two things that I, I want us to notice about this gospel passage. Um, because Jesus here is in the wilderness. But, but I want us to note two things. One, that he's in the wilderness because the Spirit put him there. The same Spirit that came down and blessed him. That Spirit put him in the wilderness. And then when, when he's there, he's not alone. That the angels are with him. They're waiting on him. Um, this the, the journey of Lent, this time of being in our own wilderness of transformation, um, a journey toward Easter. Um, this, this journey, you remember if, if, if you were with us last week, that right before we take off on this journey, we, we remember the transfiguration of Jesus. And it has that same kind of movement where the disciples are up on the mountain. They have this vision where it's revealed to them. Jesus' face is radiant and and this voice comes from heaven and says, this is my son. And so they have this vision, and they really want to stay there on top of that mountain. Um, Peter says, let's build a booth. But what happens? They're immediately, the, the vision kind of uh, evaporates, and, and they immediately need to go back down the mountain and go back to work to continue on their journey to Jerusalem and to continue on their mission. And so we see that same movement here as we're kind of, at the beginning of our own Lenten journey. The movement from baptism and the, and the moment where Jesus maybe first knows himself to be the beloved of God, to be the one who's pleasing to God, and maybe where the people around him first know him to be that. And, um, but immediately, 
that's done and he is moved into the wilderness. Um, it just reminds me that any time we encounter God, we are going to probably be sent on a journey. So beware, right? <laughs> um, the journey is often one we would not undertake on our own. Um, God often invites us to a place that's wild, unknown, uncomfortable, um, that calls us to try something new or to give up something, um, give up a behavior or a habit or a way of treating other people or a way of treating ourselves that has grown very, um, that has grown very, something that we've been become very accustomed to. Um, God often invites us to a journey that changes us in ways we might not choose for ourselves. Um, and with this Lenten journey, you know, another thing about it, as we sort of are here on this very first of what's going to be a series of Sundays and, and a series of 40 days between now and Easter, it's Lent might feel different to you this year than it does in other years. Because in a lot of ways, it feels like we have been in Lent all the time. I'm, um, I'm not definitely not the first person to think this, but this has been like an extended time of wilderness, an extended time of being away from the things that comfort us, from the things that sustain us. Maybe an extended time of being away from the routines and practices that are like most, are the ways that we are most familiar with as ways of being with God and, and being with one another. Um, so we're in this like year of being in a wild place, being in a place where things are changing. And um, off, you know, without the things that we're used to having to sustain us and to keep us going through a hard journey. So as we begin this Lenten journey, or maybe continue what feels like a Lenten journey that's gone on a little too long, it's time for us to look and, and sort of pause and say, just like Jesus, we didn't come here by ourselves. And we're not alone in this. We didn't come here by ourselves. We didn't get here by ourselves. And we aren't left without something to sustain us. Jesus was brought into the wilderness by the Spirit and cared for by angels. And so for us, what is here in this wilderness place for us? There might be a lot of ways you would answer that question. And I want to offer you one um, and because we're talking about um, baptism today, right? Um, our, our letter from Peter talks about baptism. Um, and then our reading from Genesis talks about a covenant. And so it made me think about our baptismal covenant, that for those of us who were baptized, um, we might have said, um, or we might have had said for us at our baptism, and that many of us have had opportunities to reaffirm our baptismal vows um, during times when others are baptized into our congregation and into our church. Um, so if you have a Book of Common Prayer or if you want to look at um, 
bcponline.org on the web. Um, you can look at page 304. I don't know if you can see this because I don't know if it's reversed or not, but um, the baptismal covenant is on page 304 of the Book of Common Prayer. And I want us to notice that word covenant because it you might remember it from the reading we had from Genesis today. Um, a covenant is a two-way street. It's a mutual promise. Um, God is going to do something and we're going to do something. We're both agreeing um, to participate, to make this covenant a reality. Now, our in our baptismal covenant, we answer questions. And I'm going to go ahead and read them. The first question, one question we're asked is, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? And the answer is, I will with God's help. Then we would be asked, will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? And we say, I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? We say, I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And we say, I will, with God's help. It's not, I will, right? It's not just, I will. It's two, it's a two-way covenant. I will, with God's help. We're saying at our baptism, and every time we reaffirm it, we're saying, I will do this. I'm going to do my part. And I trust God to do God's part. And God's part is to show up and help us. Every time we try to live up to the vows we've made, every time we try to answer God's call, even in the wilderness, every time we face a temptation or face an unknown, we're saying, I will answer. I will live up to God's dream for me with God's help, not by myself, but with God's help. This journey, this long journey of Lent, this journey of not knowing, this pandemic journey, um, we're looking ahead and we might be feeling like, how long till Easter? And I don't mean Easter day, but till how long is it going to be before we experience that joy of resurrection? When are we going to see that joy again? It might feel easy enough to kind of shrug and stop seeking or stop hoping. Um, and, and, and even if this doesn't look like a kind of an existential despair or a struggle with depression, um, you know, it, it might be hard to keep going. You know, one more day, one more homework help session, one more day of virtual school, 
one more one more trip to the shopping center wearing two masks one more zoom or facebook live worship service it might feel like oh, some days i just don't want to do this anymore bringing one more meal to a lonely friend spending one more day alone we're all going to have moments and especially in the season of lent we might feel closer to feeling discouraged. We're gonna have moments on this journey where we feel discouraged. And at those moments, I wanna invite us to remember and to return to that resolve. We're here in the wilderness. We're here in this hard place, but we didn't get here alone, just like Jesus. We didn't get here alone and we are not alone now. Remember the second part of that phrase. Will I do this? I will with God's help. I didn't come here alone, and I'm not gonna do this alone. Not through my own power. I can't do another day of virtual school or another day alone through my own power, but I can do it with God's help. Whatever it is that I'm called to do, whatever we might be called to sacrifice, whatever we might be called to continue without, whatever, whatever we might be having an opportunity to do differently in ways that are uncomfortable for us. If you find yourself in a moment like that, where you feel discouraged and where the wilderness just seems too overwhelming. Return to that moment with our baptismal covenant and remember, with God's help, we aren't alone and we don't need to answer any call from God by ourselves. Amen. <laughs>